on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to our Washington 49ers recap live stream. My name is Jack Hernandez. I am joined today by Anthony Perry and Matt Llewellyn. Guys, that went pretty badly. Um, I don't think any of us had high expectations, but I still would, I don't think it's a stretch to say it was worse than that. Uh, Matt, what are your initial thoughts from the game? This was the most winnable game that was left on their schedule, I think, um, along with the Cowboys next week. But after today, I mean, the offense was bad. And in in so many ways, the offense was bad. Um, between, you know, Nick Mullins being Nick Mullins to Mike McGlinchey missing blocks everywhere, it was bad. I, I do want to have a positive takeaway, and that's the defense played lights out. I thought the defense played really, really well. And and the best offense for the Washington football team was actually Nick Mullins and the offense for the 49ers turning the ball over. So uh, Washington, I think, was – I'm looking at the stats here. Washington was 15 for 32 passing for 108 yards and interceptions. They did literally nothing Jesus. against us offensively. I mean, it was one of those dominating games as far as, uh, you know, the defense or whatever – um, Washington had 193 total yards of offense. I mean, and if that happened in any other situation and, and you were like, well, what do you think the outcome of the game was? It'd be like, oh, the 49ers won. But unfortunately, our offense was so bad that, you know, that wasn't the case. So, you know, just, yeah, yeah that, that was a tough one. But, you know, maybe in the long long scheme of things, I think we're now all past the whole they, they're going to make the playoffs thing. Um, and we're looking forward to the draft and getting a quarterback, which we'll address because I saw a lot of, uh, newfound Jimmy Love on Twitter, and I don't think that can afford for people to forget so quickly um, why we're out on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, absent space, the heart grow fonder. But you know, when the quarterback is when quarterback play is this bad, you know, it's 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 really easy to look good by comparison. And I think that's what we're, we we have with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. So, yeah, um, we've said it for a couple of weeks now that the 49ers offense keeps keeping opposing teams in the game the defense does way more than they're supposed to um and, and they keep giving the offense the ball back short field if the offense turns the ball over the defense holds them to a field goal or no points at all and the offense just can't keep up their half of the bargain and that's why we keep seeing these losses pile up um i do think that it is important to say though that you know aaron paul they're not officially eliminated i they just are to let that ship sail. Um, they kind of are. Really, yeah. It's just, it's, it's too much to speculate and wonder how, what can happen to where they get in. Let's just focus on next year. 2020 was basically a wash from the get go. And I just think that we can all just emotionally cut ties with this yeah. season and start preparing for next year. Anthony, what were your you know initial impressions from the game? Man, I want to start with the positives before we get into the negatives. Man, the offense was bad, but at least Brandon Ayuk was the lone shining star of the entire thing. Ayuk is just an absolute stud. No matter who's throwing to him, he just makes plays with the ball in his hands. And for that, I am thankful that it looks like John Lynch and the Niners finally nailed a first-round wide receiver for the first time in what feels like forever. So there's that. Outside of that, man, Matt said the best. The defense was lights out. If you take away the two offensive turnovers the Niners had and basically let Washington score two touchdowns, Washington only scored nine points. In our prediction last night, I thought Washington was only going to score nine points, Zach. So if you take away the turnovers, I kind of got that part right in a sense. But overall, it was just a brutal loss, you guys. I mean, 
quarterback play continues to plague this team. It's been that way all season long, even when Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing. And it's just time to see a new face. The team needs to overhaul the quarterback room entirely. And look, I have a lot of respect for Nick Mullins. I think Nick Mullins is still a – he's an okay backup I would say, I mean, he's not the type of quarterback who should be playing seven straight games, eight straight games, whatever it may be. He's a good spot starter. But outside of that, you just can't trust Nick Mullins to win you a game unless everything just happens to click perfectly. So with that being said, it was an ugly loss, man. Quarterback play is just it's going to continually be the reason why this team loses until they address the position or they get healthy, whatever it may be. But not not much to take away on offense, man. It, it was just bad. I mean, the run game was OK. They ran for over 100 yards, but no. No one really blew up or really had a big, big chunk gain, more or less. Um, there were a couple – you can cherry pick some nice passing plays from Mullins, but outside of that, the entire passing game was just brutal. So it, it was tough, you guys. It was really tough to watch. And it's probably the first time that I can consistently say that I, I don't like watching Shanahan's offense, man. And I, I can't blame him. I mean, he has a backup quarterback. But you figure that this is, a, this is the offensive guru, and you think that he can just magically, you know – make an offense work with whatever he has, but sometimes reality just sets in and he doesn't have his guy at quarterback and look what happens. 15 points. <laughs> it, it was brutal. It was really bad. It, uh, that just goes to show you what happens when you don't have the talent. I mean, look at New England. Bill Belichick's considered one of the best coach, if not the best coach of all time. And they're struggling too, just because they don't have any personnel. And what, you know, the stat came up on screen that we had 22 players on IR, 170 some odd games missed. And, They've gone through like 76 different players, which is the most in franchise history. You're not going to be able to run your offense with that. No. It doesn't matter how good you are at planning the plays. I mean, the, the players aren't there to execute. So, yeah, and it doesn't help when you have, you know, pieces right off the bat, you know, Debo Samuel, which, you know, we're going to get to him because I think Debo Samuel has a serious conditioning problem. He kind of looked doughy and fat out there, but, you know, that's just me. I, I just, you know, they, they – They've been behind the eight ball the entire year, so you're not going to get much production out of them at this point with, you know, they're, they're not really playing for anything. They're in a weird home situation, and I know that Kyle said in the presser today he's not throwing himself a pity party over their circumstance, but, I mean, you know, they, they've had they've had their fair share, um, and, you know, if, if they were throwing a pity party, I don't know that I'd necessarily blame them, um, but, I mean, I'm glad they're not. It's just – you know, the, the, this is a dead season. Like Zach said, yeah. it's washed. we just need to get through the next three weeks and just kind of look forward to the draft. So top 10 pick, here we come. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on Debo. As soon as he got injured, you text us in the group chat saying, I got kind of some some stuff I want to get off my chest. I'll save for the yeah. live stream. So it's not like I'm not trying to like okay. I'll just I'll just get right into it. I'm not I'm not trying to like crap on Debo or whatever. No, no, of course he's the type of player that if he's not consistently in the game as far as like you know off season conditioning program goes through like whatever an injury will set back his conditioning, and you can just tell he looks soft. He didn't look shredded like he usually does. Um, he has a little bit of a, of a gut going or whatever. And then when you're not in good condition, you're going to have the situations where you have the hamstring injury and you're not in a good state to get out there and play. And I just think that he might be that type of player that they really need to monitor diet in the off season. Um, you know, comparable to a guy like Zion Williamson in the NBA, right. Who's like a super athlete and Debo is a great athlete and he's a guy that plays physical and all that but he's a guy that is naturally going to carry a little bit of extra weight. So if he's not out there conditioning all the time and he's, you know, he's going to become more prone to these soft tissue injuries because he's going to be carrying around a little too weight, too much weight for what he should. And, 
you know, I think that it speaks volumes to the 49er strength and conditioning staff that they're not paying attention to this. And, you know, when we get into it, Mike McGlinchey's weight is another thing that was, you know, kind of addressed and touched on in the presser today. Those kind of things are things that really need to be ironed out. And if people need to be fired, they need to be fired. But, you know, you can't put a wide receiver out there who's been on a bulky hamstring, right, goes in pregame and obviously looks like he's a little bit out of shape. They should have held him for another week and been like, look, let's just do some conditioning work, continue treatment, and then get back into the game next week. So that, that's really all I have to say. I just, just for somebody that dynamic, you got to be careful with that weight. Otherwise, these injuries are going to become a problem. Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair assessment. Um, this year, particularly, I, what did he miss? The first three games, returned for four games, and then he was gone for the last three, if I remember from correct, with COVID mixed in there as well. So yeah, it, it just it sucks. But um, the 49ers are a much more dynamic team, obviously, when they have Debo and Ayuk out there at the same time. I, I really want to touch on Anthony. You, you brought up Ayuk in your first uh, initial impressions. He's fantastic. I think I saw a stat on Twitter that he's now had over 75 yards in five straight games. That's, you know, almost like my boggling with this offense, with Nick Mullins under center, Brandon Ayuk's able to do a lot. And I'm, I, I texted you guys in the chat earlier. I can't wait to see him with just a competent quarterback, just somebody who can get him the ball down the field consistently. And I think he's going to be a big time threat. Uh, I don't want to compare him to, to AJ Brown, but almost like similar to that style of if you just give him a chance, the guy can go up. He's not, I don't think he's as physical, but I just, the way that he's able to play and, and run those deep routes, I just hope we get a quarterback who's capable of getting him the ball. Um, Anthony, were you concerned about Mostert and, you know, I don't want to say lack of production. I, I didn't pull up the final stats, but he didn't really look like he could get it going much. And I don't want to put too much on him because Washington has a seriously good defensive line. Is that something to be concerned about? Or do you think that's just how the game went today? Yeah, man, this is the second week in a row where it feels like that Raheem Mostert was just ineffective. I mean, after today's game, 14 carries, 65 yards, average four and a half yards per carry. So it wasn't a necessarily bad day from Raheem Mostert. Obviously, this isn't the type of day we want from him. But a lot of the speculation going back to last week is that Raheem Mostert wasn't healthy and that he was still playing kind of hurt. And then obviously he left this game today with a concussion. I believe he got cleared to come back and play, and he only played a few downs afterwards. And from there on, it was really the Jeff Wilson show. But all in all, man, Raheem Mostert has just been inconsistently healthy this year. And obviously he missed quite a bit of time um, prior to this game in the last game. And that's just kind of been the, his biggest concern since he's really started toting the rock more since last season with durability. And durability i mean matt can probably say it best durability as a running back is so is such a toss-up i mean you can get yeah. running backs like derrick henry who are just built like a tank you know and they can make it through a whole season and you have raheem moster who is smaller a little more fragile but quicker and won't last no oh, we lost we lost your audio i don't know why mine just got oh, me there, right you go. here. There, there you go all right go ahead yeah. we're live okay we're live Basically, before I go mute, before I get muted again, just in case, it's just the inconsistency with Raheem Mostert has really just kind of hurt the entire team this season. And that's not a knock on him, man. I mean, durability has always been a question mark throughout his career. It's been a question mark since he really joined the team and started carrying the ball more. And that's kind of was the storyline coming into the season for Mostert was that he bulked up. He put on more Rita weight. Sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Rita sucks. Because he was prepared to take on more carries. But, man, it, it's even, you know, it's hard – 
it's hard when you have a running back that's as dynamic as Raheem Mostert. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan wants to give him 10 to 15 carries like he did today. It's just when he's constantly hurt or just inconsistent in terms of his own health, it's hard to get a gauge on how Kyle Shanahan really wants to utilize him. And then you have a lot of people in the fan base who say Raheem Mostert needs to eat the ball. Raheem Mostert needs to get the ball. Well, it's like we want that, but I think Raheem Mostert's effectiveness is when he's touching the ball on limited carries or and situationally more or less. And that's just how Kyle Shanahan is, you guys. He's never really had a he's never really had a true number one dynamic running back that he can let the let him carry the ball 30 plus times. So that's kind of the story with the offense this season, though, man. And regardless of how good or bad Mostert's been, no running back is gonna play well behind our offensive line. They just cannot block to save their lives. Outside of Trent Williams, everyone played poorly today. And it's just hard to get the run game going and really hard to get anything out of the offense when your guy is getting contacted immediately in the backfield and they have to fight right away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt, we, we yeah. talked about this previously, whereas when Nick doesn't do well, we both said, like, there's no point to going to CJ. But were you surprised at all they didn't go to CJ today after – the well, mistakes Nick kept making? No, because they're seeing something that uh, CJ is obviously going to be worse. Like, uh, you know, and today was an especially bad day for Nick Mullins. Usually he, he'll he'll do the turnover thing, but he'll be somewhere around 65% completions. Today he was not. I think he was closer to 55%, which is just not good. Um, it was an especially tough day for him. But, you know, it's it's again, it comes down to a talent, a lack of talent. There's a lack of talent on this team. It, the interior offensive line is a huge issue. Um, and and the depth of the offensive line is a huge issue. The one play where Trent Williams had that slip and fall, I mean, Justin School got bamboozled by Chase Young. Had no idea what a delayed blitz was. And just, like, he's standing in front of you. He's not dropping into his own, right? There's nobody there. And you just look away. You're just like, oh, okay, well, he's just standing there. So where's the next guy? And then just, boom, right by him. It's, it's just – it's embarrassing. Um, offensive line is a huge need for this team, um, especially, again, along the interior because, like we talked about with the running backs, you're getting running backs blown up in the backfield with no chance to do anything. I saw a ton of outside zone runs where it's just like the defense is back there and Raheem Mostert's getting hit by, you know, by three guys in the backfield. And then maybe, you know, you can squeeze out, maybe get a yard or two, but it's just not good enough then you're putting Nick Mullins in positions where you don't want Nick Mullins to be, which is throwing the ball 45 times in a game. So, you know, it's, you know, people can sit and blame, and I hear a lot of the blame Kyle Shanahan thing. When the cupboard is bare, you can't make a three Michelin star dinner. You know what I mean? Like, you're not making gourmet meals with the trash that they got. They got they got box ramen and, like, Kraft macaroni and cheese to work with. So if you think you're going to wow your lady friends with that kind of crap, you, you got another thing coming. It's just – Mm-hmm. They need to be healthy. They have a lot of things that they need to do. And that starts, again, I think, with, with quarterback. That, it, that needs to be addressed. I think Jimmy's gone. I know people think he's going to stay. But when you have 40 upcoming free agents and $25 million that you can get from Jimmy, why not bring in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who won't be a huge drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo, let's be honest, for much cheaper and try to sign some of those guys. That way you can use the draft to go after things that you actually do need a top flight quarterback interior offensive line, a cornerback, those type of things. So again, people want to blame Kyle. That's fine. Like I'm not going to tell people how to feel any which way about this season. Cause it's been pretty bad. So 
I don't know. It, it, at this point, it's there's a million different directions it can go. I don't think a lot of them are good. I'm hopeful that the team can turn it around, but it's going to be an uphill climb. It really is. Um, I, I had a few people tweeting at me because I was talking about, you know, how bad Nick Mullins looks today. And a few people were kind of tweeting at me saying like, well, yeah, he's bad, but you know, uh, Jimmy, and, and you still don't think Jimmy's the answer. No, I, I don't think Jimmy's the answer. And okay. I tweeted out just because Nick Mullins is bad. That doesn't suddenly make Jimmy good. Right. Both of them can be bad. Both of these statements can be true simultaneously. And, no matter if Jimmy is okay and you can, you might be able to win some games in spite of him. I want a quarterback that the team wins because of not in spite of, and Jimmy Garoppolo right. largely has, you know, hindered the 49ers offense. He's made Kyle Shanahan completely redesign. And, and you know, uh, it's like he has his offense out there with one hand behind its back because that's what I Jimmy- want to hold on. I, I just want hinder. I think is a little bit unfair. The things that he can't do, he can't throw a deep ball. That's for sure. But he's really good between the numbers, which is something that Nick Mullins is not. Nick Mullins is not a good passer in between the numbers. Like, that's where most of his turnovers actually are. Um, And Nick Mullins, for whatever reason, can't throw ahead of any receiver. He always throws it behind him. Uh, But Jimmy, again, has those one to three terrible throws every single game. And that's really what kind of hinders the team. Not so much that he's, you know, Kyle can't run his offense. It's just that Jimmy is a little bit flagrant and loose with the football. And, and most importantly, that's like you have to take care of the football, which is what Kyle said today in the presser, and that, that yeah. you know they were hitting on the entire game today. Yeah. I say hinder in the fact that when you have a quarterback out there who you, you, you want to trust, you want to trust 100%, this is our guy, we're paying him X amount of millions per year. I want to at least know what to expect of him. And I think Jimmy, like you said, one to three at least, plays you really don't know what to expect. That's too much of a wild card for me. And and I, I know that sounds ridiculous because you're thinking one to three mistakes. Those one to three mistakes could be pick sixes. They could be, of course. And, you know, incomplete passes or a bad pass at the, the most inopportune times of the games. So I just want consistency. And I think Kyle Shanahan expects consistency for a guy that he wants to move forward with for the next, you know, three to five years, however, yeah. however long a, a franchise quarterback lasts. So that, that's what I mean by that. But I do understand yeah. what you mean. Yeah, and there's definitely – you can see there's buyer's remorse too, by the way. There's definitely – so when going into that season, right, it's just like – and for all the people that were like, they should have kept Kaepernick, stop. Just – it's been years. Let that go. It doesn't matter. He came in. He cleared house, whatever. His quarterbacks on the roster were C.J. Beathard, who he got in the draft, and Brian Hoyer, right? And so you go through that season. You're going through it. You get Jimmy for five games. And the quarterback play ahead of Jimmy was so bad that those five games with Jimmy – it's like it's like when you fall in love with like the pretty girl right off the bat, but you don't understand that she's actually kind of kind of a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're wowed by the initial. It's the initial wow factor. They give him this contract. They're committed to him now, and then it's like, oh well, he tears his ACL. Okay, well he's coming back. Okay, well he made it to the Super Bowl, but he threw I think like 23 times leading up to the Super Bowl. Okay, and he you know had turnovers and couldn't hit a deep ball, so that cost us the Super Bowl. The, the warts are kind of showing. And at this point, $27 million is a is a hard ask for, for somebody who's just going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And for all the people that are on Twitter right now saying, well, Jimmy's good. Well, in comparison to Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, yeah, he's good. But compared to everybody else in the league, not so much. So it's just this is just a war of attrition, and you got to get through it. And Jimmy's not the answer. So you got to get that cap for somebody else. 
Yeah, unfortunately. And you you brought it up. I think it's the most important point. 40 pending free agents. I know some of them are restricted, 40. but you need to get that money somewhere and, and keep a good amount of these guys if you want any shot of having a Super Bowl window open for the next you know couple of years or at least even thinking of having playoff chances. Yeah. So I think that's the most important part. Go ahead, yeah. Anthony. Yeah, I was just going to agree with you guys, man. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, $27 million is a lot to – that's a lot of money to pay for the worst quarterback in the NFC West. And that that's a lot of that's a lot of credit to Jared Goff because Jared Goff is just as bad too. And, I mean, you see what Goff does in Sean McVay's system. Goff flourishes because McVay, you know, spoon feeds Goff that offense. And now cool. you can say the same thing about Kyle, Shan- Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. He does the exact same thing. The difference, though, is that Goff has a deep ball, and Goff at least isn't afraid to push the ball downfield. He also doesn't turn the ball over as much. Exactly. If you know, if I'm paying, if I'm paying Garoppolo twenty-seven million dollars, I want him to at the least be able to hit all levels of the field consistently, like Zach is saying. And right now, the team is just not in the position to do that. They're not in the position to pay Jimmy Garoppolo twenty-seven million dollars to honestly be only good between the numbers. And I will say that's a good thing. That's not a knock to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, if he's effective at you know what Kyle Shanahan's offense asks him to do, then sure, go ahead. But when you don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield, and it's not even about just hitting downfield passes, it's just just that it's trying to keep the defenses on edge and to really get them going, hey, look, they have Ayuk or Debo or Kittle. They have someone who will catch the ball downfield. We need to honor that and respect that. But right now, because of quarterback play, the 49ers don't have that at all. And so teams can just play up on their man, really just bully them around and let the quarterback make tough throws. And we don't have a quarterback that can make tough throws. So is Garoppolo the answer? No. Will they roll out him next season? Sadly, I wouldn't be surprised. Because, you know, just like Mullins, Garoppolo is kind of a victim of circumstance in the sense that if everything is going well around him, Garoppolo will flourish and everything will be fine. There's no doubt in my mind that Jimmy Garoppolo was a lot of the reason why the team was good last year. But aside from that, Garoppolo definitely benefited from the defense also. And that defense really did a lot of the hard work for Jimmy Garoppolo to where Kyle Shanahan didn't need to put a lot of pressure on Garoppolo to make throws and get the job done. We saw that happen against Kansas City in the second half where the moment Jimmy Garoppolo needed to step up and make a play he couldn't do it sadly i can't pay a guy 27 million dollars to do that we need a guy who can just go out there and just hit all levels of you really just man up you don't really think they're gonna run it back with jimmy garoppolo do you i know personally i don't i'm just saying i wouldn't be surprised if they do man i I would be shocked you know i mean we're niners fans man you know how disappointing it is to be a fan of this yeah but just look i'm just looking at it from a logical perspective not even a fan perspective you got 40 dudes yeah, and you're gonna need to re-sign some of them. Where are you gonna get the right. money from? Yeah, either Jimmy's gonna have to restructure, or they're gonna get rid of him because he's he's only two point million. He's only like two point six against cap. Right, they can cut him oh, and it's like twenty five million. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I mean, I you know I would. It's just be, being you know. This team is frustrating to say the least. But I mean, when Trent Williams is going to command about 20 plus million, Fred Warner would be around the 18 range. As far as I've seen, the Niners are projected to have 30 million in cap going into next season. If you cut Jimmy Garoppolo, if say D Ford retires, you cut Weston Rickberg and maybe cut some other loose ends that contract, including Tevin Coleman, four and a half million dollars, by the way. You can very well get the team up to 50 to 60 million dollars going into free agency next year. Sure. And the players hoping to retool and do whatever it is that they need to do. It's just a matter of are they going to do it? And it, obviously, it logically makes sense, but you know how this team is, man. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to resign Trent Williams long term. I think they're going to franchise tag him. It makes more sense to franchise tag him for yeah, one no, year. Sure. Yeah. And then get the rest of the contracts in order because 
like Armstead has like a 28 million cap hit. D Ford has a big cap hit. Like there's a bunch of guys that if you can get to, if you can kick the can to 2022, you can get rid of some of these guys without as much, you know, pressure. And, you know, I, like McKinnon's going to be, I think McKinnon's a free agent. Coleman's a free agent. Yeah. You know, like a bunch of guys are free agents. Sherman's going to be a free agent. I don't think they're going to bring him back. Although I did find it really interesting that he played safety for the first series. Yeah, sure. That was interesting. Got to drop that value down now to make him resignable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what's happening there, but I mean, you're looking at guys like I think Tart is pricing himself out of, out of San Francisco. So we're going to need another safety, you know, Harry Hyder, obviously. Hyder, okay, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I think they're not going to be a ton of market about that. Right. About firing Kyle and Sainz Solid. Man, y'all been, <laughs> been drinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that Sherman did start off playing safety. And they ran out of Kello out there to start opposite of Verrett. And he actually did pretty well for the first couple of plays. Um, did they end up moving Sherman back to corner? I, I didn't they know. Back to corner after the first series, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I don't know yeah, why. Man, man. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, somebody, somebody go, somebody go to the locker room and like Nancy Kerrigan D Ford's back or something. That way he retires <laughs> and we don't have to pay his ass. <laughs> I wonder. Right. I kind of want to touch on that a little bit when Matt brought up with the franchise tag, man. So the franchise tag it works in the sense that they get paid the average top five salary at that position. Right. right? right. They can still renegotiate a contract while on the tag, right? I think for, they, until yeah. I think until like July first or something yeah. like that, they okay. can still negotiate. But if if you just have the tender or whatever, right, and he just signs it for one year, then again you get to twenty twenty two and you decide because at that point again, now Trent Williams is going to be thirty three going on thirty four, and you decide well is he worth this money now or do we let him walk, get a comp pick, and then you know draft a guy to replace him. You know, and they, they, by the way, they have, to, they have a big decision to make on Mike Malinchy's fifth year. Oof. Yeah. Ew, me, personally, me personally, me <laughs> personally. Yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah. It's uh, Mike Malinchy was bad today, you guys. It was, I mean, I, I mean, I get it. He's going up against yeah. fantastic defensive linemen and Montez Sweat and Chase Young, respectively. Wait. He why couldn't Steve saying that franchise tag? Can't, why can't the franchise tag happen, Steve? They're actually going to save money. I think he said it's in his contract. Oh, yeah. He can't be franchise tagged. That's right. Will, yeah, 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 yeah. Williams can't be tagged. It's in his contract. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I was listening Wait. to the podcast. Yeah. He can't be tagged. Matt Mayoko said it. So is that when they brought him over and they restructured it? That that yeah. was part of the restructuring? Okay. Yeah. Man. So then they're going to – okay. Well, then, I mean, he might not He might not be back because I would I would hesitate to give him the money that, that Green Bay gave David Bakhtiari, and that's what he's going to want. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, but obviously, you can't too think- much for him aging. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, you know, with everything going on with this team, the best thing you want to do is get younger and more affordable. And the thing is, is that you want the cornerstone tackle. That's the thing. You want to have that cornerstone guy because he's a top five player at his position in the entire league. The problem though is that if the team's not going to address quarterback in the draft this year, and they just do decide to let go of Garoppolo or whatever their decision is going to be make. It's going to feel like wasted money to have so much money into Trent Williams alone when, you know, you're not even going to be a competing team. And it's a tough position to be in. And you know, yeah. it's just all optics. It all depends. But, yeah, not now that we even talk about it, man, not being able to tag Williams hurts. That, that's a- – I mean, 
you know, maybe you can't tag him, but maybe you can sign him to like a lucrative like one year deal or whatever. Take him year yeah. to year. Maybe, all, maybe all you could do it that yeah. way. But, all guys care about is the guaranteed money these days, anyways. I mean, yeah, just give him a big signing bonus and whatever else. I don't know. It's, but you know, I, I would even say that if you get the right quarterback, you don't really need that cornerstone left tackle. No, if you have, if you have a guy like uh, Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray or somebody that can move, then or Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I mean, that, injury. I don't think we saw anything besides Stinger. Yeah, with yeah. a Stinger. So yeah, Matt, kind of touch on that a little bit. Kyle Shanahan and the presser said it doesn't look good in terms of Warner Stinger. What does that mean in terms of that kind of injury? How severe could it be? I, I don't know. I don't know that Kyle really knows. Like. What do you really say about that? I if they're gonna probably do an MRI on his neck just to make sure that the discs are all intact and that he doesn't have any like pressure on his, you know, spinal column or anything like that. But I don't know. Stingers, stingers are stingers. So um, yeah. it's definitely not. I don't think it's a collarbone. They would have been able to diagnose that right away. Especially they evaluate. So it looked like for me, what it looked like was when he got caught and pushed back, his right arm was kind of trapped, and you saw him like his right yeah. arm. Get, Jack, I thought he dislocated his shoulder at first. So, um, yeah, but if they're saying Stinger and evaluated him for a concussion, I don't know. It's probably a neck thing. His neck's going to be irritated, which is probably going to keep him out a game or two. And then at that point, just show, shut him down for the season. I think that's really what Kyle means by, like, doesn't look good. But, I mean, you know, having your head snapped back doesn't look good in any way, shape, or form. So, really, the context, I don't know. Sometimes Shanahan says things, and I'm like, I don't know how to take this, dude. Are you being, like, genuine? Or are you being, like, fantastic? Yeah. I actually tweeted that out. I was like, Kyle Shanahan did not look happy in his press conference. He looks like, you know, it looks like he hasn't been eating in a month. And it's been a long season for the guy. But I think we can speak a little more positively right now, man. I kind of want to break down the defense a little more. Zach, I want to start with you. Obviously, the defense was on fire today. Outside of the two touchdowns that the offense led up, they only held them to nine points. It's a given that the quarterback play in Washington is just as bad as well. But regardless of that, Sala and that entire defense were playing fiery, man. They had they pretty much kept the team in the game the entire time. What are your thoughts on the defense, and how do you think Sala honestly did? I think the defense has shown they can compete with just about anybody minus last week, Monday night. That was just, I think a little bit too much, but at the same time, it could have just been one of those nights where nothing went their way. Um, I was really pleased with them today. Uh, we, when we did our preview yesterday, the live stream, we were kind of worried about uh, uh, Terry McLaurin going off. That didn't really happen. Uh, JD McKissick didn't really da- do too much damage. The, the offense as a whole, Matt read the stats when we started the, the live stream. They didn't really do much. Uh, Alex Smith, I don't know how much you could attribute to that, to him just being off today. He overthrew like his first like five targets and he had some of them open. He could have hit a couple of them down the field. Uh, one of them, I, I don't know if it was McLaurin, but somebody got past Sherman and he just overthrew Sherman, you know, both of them. So I don't know how much I would attribute it to the, Washington offense just not doing anything today, but I was really pleased with them. Regardless, I thought that they were solid. Um, they stepped up when it mattered. They kept the offense in the game, regardless of how much the offense kept putting them in horrible positions. And I thought they did a great job. Not much more could be asked of them. Um, I mean, they, they, the offense gave up two touchdowns at one point. It would have been like nine to seven minus those two touchdowns. So the 49ers have only been down two points. 
Um, unfortunately, the offense, just like Matt said again, kept keeping Washington in the game. So there's only so much you can do as a unit when the other unit is just completely working against you. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the, the defense got no help from the offense at all. And it was just, it's kind of been the story all season, man. Even when Garoppolo was playing and outside the two New York games that feel like, that feel like an aberration at this point. The defense has just been, you know, outside the Bills game, they've just been playing lights out. And it's kind of it's kind of encouraging to see that the personnel and those guys are getting the job done. Obviously, the elephant in the room is, is Robert Sala going to leave at this point, man. He sees he sees the direction this team is going, and he's probably going, get me out of here. I, I don't want to be involved with this quarterback controversy going into next season. But at the least, at least we have kind of something to talk about, man. The defense is really good. Matt, who do you think really stood out on defense today? I know it's kind of hard to take away because it was a really ugly loss. But is there anyone in particular you thought on defense that looked good for the most part? All right, interview Anthony. I'll answer your question, even though this is a ad lib show. We're live, <laughs> but we're doing interviews. All right. Um, I mean, Dre Greenlaw is really fast, which is cool. The defense as a whole plays really well. They're sure tackling. They they get behind people. They're sixth in the league in yards, um, in total yards. So they do a good job. I just think that you know when you're asked to spot the offense so much and really prop up the offense, then you're going to start giving up points on the back end. You know, a lot of turnovers that led to Washington possessions and plus territory and you know you're gonna give up points at that point you know so I, I overall I thought they did a good job um I still think Eric Armstead is stealing a paycheck I didn't hear him again today except for the the Walter Payton man of the year thing that's the only time I saw him so you know he's out there stealing money um Fred Warner was doing a good job before he got hurt obviously you don't want to see that but yeah for me I think Dre Greenlaw did a good job um the corners I thought Jason Verrett did a great job that pick was sweet that pick was just like mm-hmm. really, really good. He played, he made a good play on the ball. So um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, I wanted to address a couple things in the chat though. Um, so big smoked dog asked if we don't like Matthew Stafford as a niner, uh, his cap hit is gigantic. So he's not going anywhere. Same thing with Carson Wentz. It's the same thing with uh, who's the other one I'm thinking of. Oh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Like they're like Stafford's dead cap is 24 and he gets a $10 million roster bonus. So, they're not getting rid of it. They can't afford to. It, it's no. just one of those things. It's the same thing us with like Eric Armstead. We can't get rid of Eric Armstead because he has a twenty-eight million dead cap hit. So yeah, like unless you're gonna just like eat that, which you, you can't because this is like the COVID year or whatever, and the salary cap's gonna go from one ninety-eight to one seventy-five. So you're already losing twenty-three million dollars off the cap right off the top. So you can't afford to give up that much more. You know, I mean, that's a huge. I mean, that's twenty-five percent of a two hundred million dollar cap. So. You can't do that. They're they're not getting rid of Stafford. It would be nice. <laughs> Stafford. I, yeah, would be I, I take Stafford. I think Stafford has been has been criminally criminally underused in yeah. Detroit. I just don't think they've ever surrounded him with somebody that. I mean, who's who's the offensive guy that they ever got for Stafford? He went from Jim Schwartz to uh, Caldwell to you know there was some other guy in there then uh, Matt Patricia. Like who is the who's the offensive guy that got to utilize Matthew Stafford? Nobody. So you know, I don't know. No one. Uh, let's get some other comments in here. Uh, KB, yeah, a couple. I've seen a bunch of comments about Kendrick Bourne. He had like three to four key drops. Oh. What's going on with him? Is he even worth bringing back? I still, you know, I think Kendrick Bourne is a good complimentary wide receiver. Like he will make the tough catches when he has to. Were they it's dropped like- though? 
There were a couple that he yeah, literally had, had right in his palm. No, there there was one that hit him in the hands, but it was like high and outside, and it's like it it was on fire too. So like, and, and then there was one that was behind him. Yeah. And so I'm like, what did he really drop? I mean, maybe I'd, I'd give him at least two drops. Yeah, at least I know he's definitely credited with two. Yeah, you the catches though. I mean, it's yep. just you can you can attribute recency bias to wanting to cut Kendrick Bourne. I mean, that's that's his business the tenure. You know, being with the Niners the entire time is a key dropper, just dropping the ball every now and then. And it seems like throughout Kyle Shanahan's course being with the team, his wide receivers have notoriously had a lot of drops. I still think Kendrick Bourne is one of the better wide receiver threes in the league. I think he's one of the better ones for our team. And, I mean, what more can you ask from the number three wide receiver anyways? I right. mean, you can't expect him to catch every single ball and finish That's with nine catches. Yeah. That's and, a huge point. Why does everybody expect him to be like DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones? He's yeah, not that guy. He's not but that guy. Three or a four, he does exactly what he's supposed to do. He's right. going to get five catches for 45 yards. And yeah, he's going to have a drop or two, but that's why he's a number three or four guy. And they're going to be able to keep him around on reasonable contracts. And he's going to be that guy that it's going to consistently, you know, get you at least something, right? Uh, he's more consistent than Richie James. Oh, I yeah. keep I keep Kendrick Bourne over Richie James any day of the week. And the one thing I'll say about Kendrick Bourne is you know he's working hard. I mean, it's all over his social. That's all he does. It looks like his workout. You don't see him partying and stuff. You see him working out no. all the time. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? I mean, even if it's not – even if you have some drops or whatever, he's a quality team guy. You keep yeah. those guys around. Yeah. Even if they're not the most productive guys, you keep them around. They're, they play an important role. You know, with the team's wide receiver history anyways, I don't think you can even afford to let Kendrick Bourne go, man. But, you know, that's said the best. The bottom line is that Kendrick Bourne is a solid number three option. You're not going to expect him to go out there and put up Hopkins numbers, Julio numbers. His, you know, his role in the offense is to be the key third down guy. He's not going to be the guy that's going to get targeted seven or eight times on the drive, unlike Ayuk or even Debo to an extent or Kittle. You know, Bourne is situational at best. And, if Bourne was more involved, if the Niners ran a lot of three wide receiver sets, which they don't, by the way, it's a lot of 21 personnel, it would be a hey, story. Wait, 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 wait. David Yang, put that back up. This fits tragic. Yeah, fits tragic with fits magic. You also get Garoppolo with Garoppolo. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, choose, you pick your poison, dude. And Ryan Fitzpatrick would be a lot cheaper. So, yeah. Fitzpatrick on this team, my goodness. <laughs> uh, some other comments. Uh, somebody asked if Ford retires the 49ers on the line no. for anything. Do you, no? no? No. He would do the Niners a solid and retire. I mean, I just don't no. know. Where did this come from, though? Why do people think he's going to retire? I think, uh, I think it was because of the injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Just not sure if he's even going to be able to take another snap. I guess. But, like, I mean, he has a nondescript back injury. He hasn't had back surgery. They haven't, like – I don't know where this is coming from. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I, I think don't it's think just hopes and dreams. <laughs> just yeah. hopes and dreams at this okay. point. I mean, D4's <laughs> impact was felt on the field when he played. It's just mm-hmm. you can't sure. justify that contract because seven games in two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven I games. Game this year. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Or leaves, he goes to Seattle. Dead ass. He totally would. He would. He would do something like that. Here's the other, yeah, so, a nice this is true too. Fitzpatrick will throw the ball more than four yards on third and nine. The other thing that he will do is he will run the ball like a savage. Yeah. <laughs> He's the dumbest, most hard-nosed Harvard guy I've ever seen. That dude wants to be dumber for some reason. I, he always puts himself in harm's way. He really like, does. 
He's mobile and he, he's, he's begging for CTE. Down, so, you know. Well, I, I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. If the Niners do go after like a Fitzmagic or a Fitzmagic, damn it, a Fitzpatrick or or like a stopgap quarterback, if they draft a quarterback in the first round, do you guys think that's the way to go? Yeah, because it'll, it'll happen like the same thing will happen that happened with Fitzpatrick and Tua this year. Right. It'll be like, get him up to speed enough that you feel comfortable that he can run a certain package of plays for the offense. And you and you spoon feed him a little bit each week, a little more, a little more. And then you get to like week six, right? Fitzpatrick will get you to three and three. Then you put your guy in there who's more talented. And then you can go on a little run. Like that's that's the idea behind it is Fitzpatrick is setting the table to kind of like allow a rookie to ingest some of the offense and get spoon fed a little bit to where you feel comfortable enough that you have a package of 20 to 30 plays that you could stick them out and rotate through. And then next week, instead of 20 to 30, you have 30 to 35 and then so on and so forth. So that's kind of the, the stop gaps. That's, that's kind of how it works. Kind of selling me on Fitzpatrick, you guys. Fitzpatrick would be kind of cool as a nighter. That's what I, I mean, do. <laughs> I, would, I, would welcome, I would welcome that wily ass beard. I just want him to win a game, right? Like win a, a game late. And I just want to see his post game wardrobe. That's all I want. <laughs> I know. Just one Man. time. Could you imagine like a silk, like red and gold button up shirt with the lettuce hanging out and the beard flowing? Like, that would be sick, dude. <laughs> Matt, you wouldn't uh, want the, if, if they don't do Fitzpatrick, you wouldn't want the Cam Newton post game outfits. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's going to knock on your door right now and break this shit. <laughs> I thought we were trying to avoid turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Comment here I want to address, though. Josh Hutchins, I like that we are using Ayuk on punt returns. Me we too. need any sort of spark on special teams, especially on punt returns, because they can't do anything. Richie James, I think he had a return for one yard today. It's like, come on. And oh, Ayuk, yeah. I think he had a nice return. He at least made a couple. He didn't even runs. go down. He didn't, yeah, he, no, that's he right. He didn't go down. He got that. Yeah. 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 So. I, I like that. They need some sort of spark. My only concern is that he gets injured. It's physical and punt returns, but you just, I mean, at this point, why not try it? Something well, needs to be done. Well, in here tripping. What do you say? Go Jimmy, from, going from Jimmy to Pitts is going from BMW to a Pinto. No, no there's my Honda Civic to a Hyundai Elantra. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One it's with no AC to one with heated seats. <laughs> it's a lateral move because. Jimmy's going to miss seven games. At least Fitzpatrick would be able to play those games. <laughs> no, Cam. yes, please. No, Cam. No, thank you. Okay. No, uh, He's a shot, shot quarterback. You can tell. Yeah. Straight to the point, Maria. Do you guys think the 49ers are going to draft a quarterback yep. first yeah. round? Yep. I hope yep. they do. I hope they do. Especially if they're uh, in like the 10 range and they're like, oh, well, we want Justin Fields or we want Zach Wilson. Okay. Throw in a third round pick. Or trigger. Yeah. Yep. Pull the trigger. Um, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, no price is too heavy if you think your franchise quarterback is there at a position. You, you sell, sell the farm if you have to. It's right. worth it. I mean, obviously yeah. you're not going to get a Patrick Mahomes, but if you think your guy is there, no matter what position it is, got to go get him. You know, well, even I mean, you never know because Patrick Mahomes wasn't even Patrick Mahomes in the draft. Everybody right. thought he was a project, so, yeah, you know, ne you never know. But, I mean, why wouldn't you do a thing of like – you know, okay, we'll give you our first round pick and maybe like a second or a third for for your pick that we can go get our guy, right? And then one of the other QB needy teams or whatever that whiffs on their guy, you just go, well, I mean, give us like a four and we'll give you Jimmy. Yeah. And then you at least recoup something, right? Yep. Yeah. And not only that, but moving forward with the 
the knowledge, depending on how the shapes out, that they're going to get those picks from Sala, possibly getting a head coaching gig um, through the new rule this year with minority head coaches. They're going to have a lot more ammo than I think they anticipated originally. Did they pass that, or are they just talking about it? Passed. Passed. They, they passed. passed it passed. So yeah, I think they'll get a third round next year and a third round the year after that. Is that right, Anthony? Do you, did yeah. you remember? One this year, or one this coming draft, and one next draft. So two thirds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. Stewart's and then all over. we get for exiting free agents, which we're definitely having more free agents to the part than we're having coming in. So we're going to get some yep. comp from that too. We're already getting a comp from Emmanuel Sanders, anyways. I think that's going to be either a third or a fifth, also. So the Niners have all the capital in the yeah. world to keep up in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Comment here, Big Smoke Dogs. Where's this Trent Taylor guy? He's so good in training camp. <laughs> oh, no. Why is he still on the roster? Just a numbers thing? I mean, right I now, yeah. He's yeah. method on the roster. It's a big case wide receivers get hurt. Like yeah. CJ, he must know where the bodies are or something, man. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense why he's still here. Um Ayuk was a beast in college on punt returns, but yes, injuries are concerned with that. 100 percent Yeah, he he could make something happen. Hopefully the 49ers need a spark there. They've needed one all year and they just never got it. Uh Hunk Bath, they need to take fields. I really like him. I would be okay with Justin Fields. I don't think that any of us would be mad at that pick. I don't be mad if, if Zach Wilson was there and they took Justin Fields anyway. Uh, just, I think Zach Wilson is a better quarterback. Um, oh, also, um, I don't think we get a pick. We would have gotten the comp pick for Emmanuel Sanders already. It happens the same year. So when they depart, you get it. Yeah. Oh. So we would have. Yeah, gotten yeah, yeah, yeah. And no matter how, and no matter how many, and no matter how, and I think Steve is saying no comp for players with ten years of experience. I don't know if that's the rule or not. And then the other thing to remember is even if we have a lot, like we don't get one for every free agent guy that there is, there's only up to 32 comp picks total. So it's going to get spread <laughs> based on whatever. I'm so. sorry. I'm just thinking of getting like 50 comp picks. If they, right. that Madden, maybe. <laughs> Madden, just straight. Deciding all these players hey. knowing their contracts are expiring. Dude, you would never take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Get out of here. No, who's currently playing versus a guy from a super small school who's only played one game this season? No, no way. Mm -mm. Uh, Steve, it benefits the 49ers, but it's a horrible rule. I think we're all in agreement here that that rule is bad, terrible. Yeah, it looks awful, it looks terrible. Nothing sports league is racist, like getting draft picks for minority coaches getting hired. It's like, look, look, look what we hired. (laughs) You're gonna hit me up. Like here's my thing. I'm going to go a step further. I think that it, it has, it has shades of like old school, like slavery vibes to it because now you're talking about African-Americans and minority coaches being like a commodity. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's right. gross. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like it at all. I think it's kind of gross. It's disgusting, yeah. but you know, we, we can get it. <laughs> that's a, man, yeah. that's a different conversation. We're just going to move on. Cause that's a touchy. Topic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that there. Quarterback, then O-line, then secondary, for goodness sake. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Quarterback no especially especially because you can get some decent secondary guys in the mid-rounds. Interior O-line. So, but if you got a guy in the second round that you think is, like, really good at corner. Oh, Mike's in here. Hey, Mike. What's up? What's up, Mike? Um, if you if you've got a guy at corner in the second round that you think is a guy, like, that, that can be an impact player on your team, you can get into your offensive line a little further in the draft, so. Yeah, that's not not Colton McKivitz in the sixth-round type. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, but in the it, middle. Yeah. McKivitz is a tackle. He was drafted as a tackle anyway. Yeah, and he came and then in. they just swung him inside. But yeah. You can get, like, you can get a guy, I'm sure you can get a guy from Iowa in the fourth round, right? 
Sure. I have yeah. a lineman grow on trees. <laughs> Matt, that that's the second comment on your hair. I think the first one was from Hunk Fat saying you look like a brunette Thor. <laughs> no, somebody else, somebody else also said I look like Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's, you ever see uh, Tenacious I, I didn't D? Put it up today. <laughs> you guys ever see that movie, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny? Of with Jack Black. Dude, that movie's hilarious. Super funny. Uh, yeah, I like four nine. Here from Josh Hutchins. Where is where is it? Yeah, it's going. Go ahead and hit it again. It's going to be John Lynch's toughest offseason. He's right. 40 free agents. And on top yep. of that, I think this is a nice little conversation too. John Lynch's draft history isn't exactly working in his favor. It's not bad. It's, I mean, okay, so if you if you take the away – The draft was suspect for sure. But we've talked yeah. about that because they were on such a short timetable. Yeah. But they got Kittle out of that draft. And I think they got DJ Jones, who's been injured, but like is productive right. in plays. Yeah. Then the next then, year, McGlinchey is kind of a miss. Yeah, Pet Pettis, no. Oof. But the but they got Fred Warner in that draft. And then they got Warner. Then the and then this past year it's Ayuk and Kinlaw. Oh, uh Joe Williams, of course. Oh that was the first him. year. That was the first year. I know. I'm, I'm messing and with that. And then the Capri Bibbs trade. Oh my god, you guys Capri <laughs> Bibbs. Hey, he was, he was a solid special teamer. He was oh solid. My god. For a fourth round pick, get out of here. <laughs> Dang, David. I'm not as fan as Matt Patricia, friend. <laughs> I'm not as fat as Matt Patricia, my friend. Josh is right, though, you guys. 40, 40 free agents coming into this year. John Lynch is going to have to nail this draft because whether yeah. they keep Garoppolo or not, the salary cap is likely heading down. So their limit or their number at the cap will be limited. Oh, and as a matter of fact, you know, it seems like the team is pretty good with nailing role players in the draft. And I will give them a lot of respect for that. I mean, look what they did with Greenlaw. Warner and Kittle themselves are studs. And then you have this draft in particular where on top of losing 40 free agents, you're coming in with, I think, nine or ten draft picks as a whole. So really being able to nail that depth is going to be key. And this next year, I don't think, will be the Niners' big Super Bowl window. I don't think the team will No, no. It's going to take a year or two. Yeah. But the matter is that I definitely want to see them hit on their draft picks in the sense that at least half of them are going to turn into role players. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll argue that they've had a superstar in every single one of their drafts. Okay. Kittle the first year. Right. Right. Warner the second year. Obviously Nick Bosa last year. And now we're looking at Brandon Ayuk as a potential breakout superstar. Because other than Justin Jefferson, he's been the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, like, yeah, they miss on some guys. But, I mean, if you can get, like, a franchise cornerstone legit, you know, Pro Bowl player every single year that you're drafting, I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Better than a lot of teams do. See, I think the problem with it, Matt, is that, like, when you you hit on those picks, it looks really good. And then when you hit on the – or I didn't even hit, I'm sorry. When you draft a Dante Pettis, when you draft a Ruben Foster and Solomon Thomas, and I get a lot of them will say the first year is a wash, so that's respect. But regardless, when you miss on guys like Pettis and Williams and all those guys in the past, it just it definitely hurts the resume in terms of just drafting as a whole. I I don't think so. Okay. Like half the NFL is undrafted free agents. Right. That means like half of your players are gonna miss anyway. So like I'm not surprised they're missing on a guy like Pettis who had ability but didn't have the mentality. Or a guy like Joe Williams, who had talent but didn't have the mentality. I mean, he quit on his team in college, right? Yeah. They're taking a flyer on these guys. And, yeah, you want you you know, Reuben Foster. It's not that Reuben Foster didn't have talent. It's just that he got hurt a lot and he beats up women for some odd reason. You know, like, that's, again, they're, you, they're taking everything in the draft as a risk, right? You're taking a risk. So, but I think more often than not, I don't think the players haven't worked because they don't have the football talent. Right. It's not like a guy because I'd argue like 
maybe Charlie Warner's not a guy that has immense football talent, you know, but the guys that have, you know, busted or whatever. I mean, Dante Pettis led the NCAA in, in punt yards, like all time returner in the NCAA. Like the, obviously you have some talent, right. And yeah. he was a guy that was on everybody's board, just like <laughs> Solomon Thomas was on everybody's board. Right. As, as like a top 10 pick, it didn't work out, but that happens all the time. We've seen the guys who are yep. like, after Carson Wentz second year, everybody's like, oh, man, he's fantastic. Oh, man, Carson Wentz, way better than Jared Goff. Way better. But, like, who would you rather have now? I mean, you're going to take Jared Goff. Not right. I mean, not, at, not at $31 million or whatever what he makes. <laughs> but as far yeah, as like, exactly. yeah. Jared Goff is playing better than Carson Wentz does. So th- even within, like, you can have a guy that has a couple of good years, but even that's fluid that you're going to see play kind of. So the draft is really a crapshoot, and that's why I think if you can get a superstar out of every single draft, you're kind of doing it pretty well. So that's I, that, and that's just you know I would rather have the highest of highs with some busts than just like this middle of the road. Like, all right, I guess you know, kind of like I don't know. But, that, uh, like, uh, the Green Bay Packers have guys that are just like, eh, okay. You got hold on. You got a comment here. I want you. Somebody asked you, Matt. Most people would rather have five average starters and one superstar. I think he means. I think they mean in one draft class. What do you think about that? Would you rather uh, take superstars? That? The league's one on superstars. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. I mean, but, you can just look at this. Like when Nick Bosa went down, look how how much worse our pass rush is. We yeah. have a lot of rotation well, guys. Kerry yeah, Hyder is going to be great. Right look what happened when we lost Kittle. I mean, yeah. it hurts just as bad. Also, yeah. Absolutely. Give me a superstar. Yeah, yeah. Superstars. Mike, an average starter doesn't exist. That's a rotational player. They start on bad teams. Matt was spot on. Give yeah. me a superstar every draft. Yeah, 100. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is Matt, Matt said it earlier in his whole rant, is that you can build around the cornerstones. You can build around those guys. And that's the thing. It's like if you got the good tackle, you can make an offensive line better. If you have the tight end or wide receiver, your offense is elevated instantly. True superstars make everybody better. When you have yeah. – like. People, people on the Kansas City Chiefs benefit from the fact that Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are out there. Like, is, is it that Sammy Watkins is still a superstar? Probably not. But <laughs> when you have to account for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, then Sammy Watkins can get one-on-one looks and he's going to get advantageous positions. The greatest of players. And this is why I'm out on Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't elevate everybody. Yeah, he yeah. plays better than yeah. Nick Mullins, but he doesn't make people better. And I want a quarterback that can make people better, a superstar quarterback who, you know, through through sheer force of will, like an Aaron Rodgers, like Valdez Scantling, not a good receiver, not a good receiver. No. But he looks good because Aaron Rodgers can put the ball right in his hands so that he has no choice but to catch it, you know? Yep. It's like Aaron Rodgers is going to complete pass to spite those wide receivers. Like, I'm going to put it on you, and it's going to stick. So, that, I mean, I'm, I'm done with this, like, piecemeal quarterback crap. We haven't had we haven't had like a legitimate good quarterback since Steve Young, and it's like okay, we had a season or two of Jeff Garcia being pretty good. We had a season or two of Kaepernick being pretty good. We had a season of Garoppolo getting us to a Super Bowl, but through twenty times leading up to the Super Bowl, it's not good enough. We I want that transit that transformational generational talent, and I'm tired of settling for less. And I think the fan base should be too. One hundred percent. I think too. We talked about this in previous episodes, Matt. We're also tired of just, you know, getting the, the, the what am I looking for? The cheaper option at quarterback or Cast off, kind of, yeah. The retreat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The yes. Yeah. No, spend the premium amount. Yeah. That's, that's what gets me about, oh my. Get it. That's what gets me about people saying, oh, we should trade for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold would be cheap. 
No, thank you. Adam Gase already ruined that entirely. And I like what Matt Ryan offers. I like what Matt Stafford offers. But you want to extend that Super Bowl window, and you want to extend the longevity of the team's success for years and years to come. You do that by drafting a premium quarterback and let everything build up around him. Not only do you get a superstar quarterback or at least someone who has the potential, you get him for five years at a very affordable rate. And look at Russ Wilson. Look at half the guys who have been drafted in the first, second, or third round picks. They usually win a Super Bowl within their first four years yep. while they're affordable. And then from yeah. there on, you can justify a really big contract. But I can't see this team justifying taking on another big contract like Matt Stafford or someone else just because you're, you're going to be in the same situation as you were with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe the talent is better, but you're still losing 40 free agents. You're still losing a lot of money in the position, and you can't really get make the team better as a whole if you're just trying to patch the position instead of just rebuilding it and restarting. Yeah, other than other than you know, Tom Brady, who takes, home again, hometown discounts, and Peyton Manning with the Broncos, you're going to be hard-pressed to find people that are winning Super Bowls on their rookie con- – like not on their rookie contract. They're all winning on their rookie contracts. And that's like, okay, you can bring a guy like Stafford in, but Stafford left the game again today. Like the mileage is starting to catch up to Matthew Stafford and years of Detroit neglecting that offensive line and neglecting that running game is, I mean, Matt Stafford's already had neck surgery, you know, like I'm very particular about that type of stuff. You know, Matt Ryan is moving slower and slower and this is a game that's getting quicker and quicker. And I think that the game is kind of, you know, passing Matt Ryan by a little bit. You need to get that guy. And again, you listen, you might go into the draft and if you can't get Trevor Lawrence, maybe you look at the rest of these guys and go, I don't know if they're the guy. Okay. Then bring in a vet or something like that, or let it rock with Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. Right. Then you look to 2022, but at this point they legitimately, legitimately have to start looking at a generational talent at quarterback and they got to figure it out. And I really need to see if Shanahan can identify that guy. You know, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I want to I address some comments here. I said we got a super chat. Uh, appreciate you, Punk Fat, as always. always. The boy, Thank you very much. The boy or the girl, we don't know yet. We still yes. don't know. The, the, whoever you are, thank you. Um, let's see, there were some other ones. Not sold on Trent Williams, he's should be much better, but plays average. Um, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh, say he can be much better. But I think I expected at least a little more from him, a little more consistency when they traded for him. Uh, superstars make everyone better. You can't find a superstar quarterback every draft. This one I, I think we should address. Jimmy just does not seem like a team leader. He does not seem to get mad at anything, and I don't like that. I've seen him get pissed at Dante Pettis. Um, oh, Anthony, yeah. 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 I, think so I don't know. Times. <laughs> Maybe he hasn't been as heated as you'd like, but I've seen him get mad. I've seen him. The camera will be on him, and Dante Pettis will drop a ball, and you, you know, you'll see him just completely mouth some some pretty profane words. So, am I back? I, I, okay. Yeah, you're good. I think my net crashed for a second. Oh, okay, no, no, you're good. Everybody wants a legit bona fide star quarterback, but who's out there that can be it? Well, it's all about the incoming draft class. That's what right. we're looking to. Um, I don't think there are any pending free agents that we're looking at saying this is the no, guy. No, no free agents, please. Well, and when no. you look at and when you look at the teams that are just like, look at what teams want to get rid of, right? You talk about getting rid of Matthew Stafford. You talk about getting rid of Matt Ryan. You talk about getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. We're kind of in a golden age of quarterbacks. There's so many good quarterbacks in the league. You can find a guy. You just have to be looking, and the 49ers haven't been looking. And I think this is going to be 
really the first year that they're actively going to be doing that, which I think is going to make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. uh, if that's the case, spend money and go get Dak. Too expensive. Right. Not going to be able to afford him. Yeah. I, I think on top of the the rookie quarterbacks that we like, the the best thing is the rookie contract. We Matt yeah, just yeah. talked about it. They talked about it. The winning formula lately has been getting a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract who's can make the the competent throws and the decisions. Who's not going to hurt you? You surround them with weapons and you have a strong defense. That team will win nine times out of ten. The 49ers have every other surrounding piece. Just about. Maybe they need to add to their secondary and offensive line, but for the most part, the surrounding pieces are there. They just need that young guy under center under a controlled contract that they can move forward with for, you know, the next period, next short period of time, you know, one to four years, whatever the case may be. Um, that might be one of those best. Appreciate you. We really do appreciate the love, guys. Um, While you guys are here, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we do have our jersey giveaway going on right now for Christmas. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe to the channel, leave a comment with your username on Instagram or Twitter, wherever it is. So if we pick you, we can find you and you're entered. And if you're already subscribed to the channel, all you got to do is share one of our videos on a social media post and tag it, tag us in it somehow, bring it to our attention and you're entered. The winner will be decided on the 17th. It's super easy to enter. We want to give somebody a 49ers jersey for Christmas. So make sure you guys are entered in. The winner will be announced 17th, like I said. Uh, that's what yeah. the Niners did with G. They spent the money, and you guys complain. Ooh, let's dissect this really one. I didn't want them to spend the money on Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Five games was so that Matt Matt has the best opinion about why they paid Jimmy Garoppolo because yeah. he looked so good when everything else looked so bad. So yeah. obviously, hindsight is a hundred percent correct right now. But my opinion on that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, contract at the time was just, man, you tag him or just not give him so much money. It was five games. Yeah. yeah, and and they structured it in a way where we can get out of it now. So right. Yeah, we should take advantage of that. And yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, and also, it down below. First of all, he's saying we're not losing forty players. It's not about losing forty players. It's that we have forty players to either let go or sign. Obviously, we're not going to lose all forty, but we got to sign some. So that also disproves your later comment. If we lose Jimmy G, we can afford Dak. No, we cannot. Dak Prescott's going to make forty million dollars a year. Jerry, Jones, especially after that ankle injury and seeing what he's getting right now, yeah. Jerry Jones busting open that wallet. He's going to get whatever he wants. He's going to get whatever he, he wants. To, Jones would tag him anyways. It'd have to be a tag and trade. Uh, there's, there's no way Jerry Jones would let that. No, no. No. He would definitely no. tag and trade him. Yeah. He's going to sign him, though. I don't think he's going to let him go. Yeah, this um, will be the second tag that Dak's on. Yeah, which is yeah, an increased amount, right? Yeah. If you get tagged twice in a row. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Quarterback, please. Why Seattle Wilson has mostly owned us for over a decade. Well, and like um, and like Anthony said, and like Anthony said earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo is the fourth best quarterback in the division. Yep. That's not good enough. Yeah. No. The last place guy in the division. That sucks. Yep. No, no, thank you. Uh come from Stewart. Look within the NFC West. Are you going to beat Russ and Kyler with Garoppolo and Mullins? No, <laughs> not consistently. No. You no. could you could beat you could beat Goff just because for whatever reason Shanahan owns McVay, but yeah, he's he's not even <laughs> mentioned in here. Yeah, yeah, he didn't even bring it out. Yeah, he left it out on purpose. <laughs> Savage, uh, Matt Ryan can't play well now with Julio and Ridley. That's an easy pass. That's yeah. a good point. He's got two great receivers around him, and he's still they're still not winning. Well, part of that though, I mean, I don't think Matt Ryan's having a statistically terrible year. Part of that though is Atlanta's defense is trash. Atlanta's trash. 
watch. Because yeah. I think Atlanta's a top five offense in the NFL as far as scoring. That's fair. See, that, that's actually – that's kind of something I want to touch on too is that when your defense is that bad, you're going to need the quarterback to step up and do something about it. And this happened with Patrick Mahomes last year and the year before. The Chiefs' defense, until they made the adjustments, were was terrible. It was one of the worst, worst units in the league. And then having Mahomes, obviously the number one quarterback, is going to fix that entirely. But you need to have that good quarterback to address any of the other issues, especially on the other side of the ball. Last season was such an anomaly because Jimmy Garoppolo benefited from the number one defense in the entire league. If you had the case this season, I would say Jimmy Garoppolo would still win games. But we see how important it is to have that good dynamic quarterback to really just hit all levels of the field. And Jimmy Garoppolo isn't that person. And then you come into next year losing so many people. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would be able to lead the team back. Or at the least, even be able to keep up with Seattle, Arizona, and Los Angeles. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, David Yang. I expected Trent to be leaps and bounds better than Staley, and Trent is just a little bit Betty better than Joe. Um, I think he's a lot better than last year's Joe. Last year's Joe had a significant decline in his play, unfortunately, just due to age and injury. Uh, Timothy Stoneberger, any of our coaches need to be fired at the end of the season? Um, special teams. <laughs> yeah, special teams for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe quarterback yeah. coach. <laughs> Rolls Royce agreed with you on that one. Yeah, yeah, maybe quarterbacks coach, uh, offensive line coach, probably. Yeah, John Denton, is that who that is? I think, yeah. I think Chris Forster. Forster, yeah. That's that's the coach. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) coach. Coach. (laughs) Yeah. So that's not working. So (laughs) he's not as amped. Uh, Okay, let's cut through some more of these. Uh, if we believe Dak can be that quarterback, puts up a top line, not he's we. I mean, I think we. No. This is before we addressed no. it, but he's not leaving Dallas. No, but, uh, even if he, wait, wait, wait. Any hold on, hold on. And even if, <laughs> even if he didn't, or even if he did leave Dallas, why do we think that Dak Prescott is that good? He has Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel well, Elliott, and had like a top offensive line, and yeah. he, he has won exactly one playoff game. Like, get out I, of here. I'm not Dak, even playing. Dak is a slightly better version of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he's it's a, it's a small good. step up for a lot he, more money. He's, mo- he's mobile Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Plus a bad injury. Yeah, that's a yeah, good point, Josh. Injury too. Yeah. yeah, that was a nasty one. And that's the thing is that the Niners, whatever they if, – if trading for a quarterback is even in their thought process, they got to get out of here because that shouldn't even be a question. You shouldn't have to go in saying, well – Dak is injured. Let's see what we can get out of him. He was this. Matt Stafford is hurt, but he was good. Let's see. What yeah. We I don't want was and what ifs. We need to just start fresh and get that new face in. Exactly. Get young. Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing. If somebody's willing to trade you to trade you a franchise quarterback, why yeah. isn't your first question? Well, what's wrong with him? Why don't you want? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. It's like you know finding those Craigslist posts. 2015 BMW, two grand. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Huh. <laughs> wrong Doesn't with sound that. right. Uh, and then you guys get there and it doesn't have an engine in it. Yeah. There's yeah. Wrong with the engine. It's just not. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Padilla. Who do you guys pick next week? Four Nationals, Cowboys. Cowboys, baby. Cowboys. At this point, Dallas. Yeah. I'm picking against the 49ers every game of the season. They have. They showed me absolutely nothing today. Yep. The defense and, uh, will play hard, but Nick Mullins will make enough like mistakes that they're just going to lose. So, yep, yeah. Uh, Steve, pro football focus grades on everything, but Williams is the second highest rated tackle in the NFL. Williams is good. 
Yeah, he's, he's good. On the league. He's, I honestly think he's above and beyond better than Joe Staley. And it's a matter of that I think people want to knock Trent Williams because the rest of the offensive line is bad. When you see the entire offensive line is bad, of course you're going to point the fingers yeah. that Trent's been bad too. It's, that's, that's not the case at all. Yeah. I, I definitely think Trent Williams is better than last two years Joe Staley. Before yes. that, arguable because – from like 2013 to like 2017, 2018, Joe Staley was a stud. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. Best, best of his performance. Uh, remember, they lost their special team coach before the draft. They need to yeah, lose that's right. before the draft, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was two years ago. No, I, I think he went to, uh, was it Cincy or Cleveland? I forget where. One of those orange teams. Uh, exactly. Let's take the risk in the draft. The, the biggest positive out of all of that is the rookie contract i cannot stress that enough a team that you think has a super bowl window or might have one in the near future you have all these you know i don't want to say vets but players on their second third fourth contract that rookie contract is so important going into there because if you could just get that guy to play a little bit above average you're looking at a successful year whether that ends in a super bowl whether that ends in at least making the playoffs that's something you can then build on year after year. And above average is better than what we've had this year. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Matty said earlier, it's like if you nail the one superstar in the draft, it's a good draft class. If that one superstar in this coming year is the quarterback, it's, it can be the best draft you've had in this entire century. Here's that. Yep. yep. This 2020 year. Yeah, exactly, Jay Ellie. This year has been horrible from, yep. from the get-go. Uh, bad year. If we believe – that we'd be a playoff team right now if Jimmy was not hurt. Then why are we so quick to say cut Jimmy? Jimmy was three and three this year with. Oh no! Because, no. I, because I don't want to be a playoff team. I want to be a Super Bowl team. Yeah. There. Yeah. I'm not even going to count those New York wins, anyways, man. Those New York any quarterback, <laughs> man. The only team, the only teams that could have beat either the Giants or the Jets at that time were the Giants or the Jets. Those were the only two teams that could have beat one another. Otherwise, Jimmy Garoppolo better have gone out there and win those games. Yeah. Probably would have tied. Ah, <laughs> oh, like <my. laughs> PFF is full of full of it. Don't believe them. I mean, they they some of their methodology is questionable. Are we not far enough into the algorithm that we'll get demonetized if you say a bad word? I think we're fine. Yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm brave. PFF is full of shit. There you go. Don't believe them. <laughs> They're right on the curve. PFF also thinks Armstead is a top DL in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, fun, maybe. It depends what they're looking at. Top 10 thief. Oh, man. We have a few of those on this team. Top 10 we run stuff. Right those on this team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Stewart's offensive line is reliant on cohesion, and Trent is coming off of battling cancer and not playing. That's a great point. That's true, but then Lakin Tomlinson next to him is, like, screwing up a lot. It, like, even with the year off, I trust Trent Williams to know what he's doing more than I trust Lakin Tomlinson to know mm-hmm. what he's doing. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's, that's just me, though. I do not think Trent Williams likes or respects Lincoln Tomlinson in the slightest. No, we've seen yeah. that after he messes up, and, and Trent is just tearing. What if Lincoln Tomlinson does like weird shit in the O line meetings? Right, like he like rips farts or something in the middle of crazy amateur. Like, or he sits like too close to Trent at lunch. <laughs> And he's like, like that is fucking just passed away. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln's the, the dude to ask to make sure we have to turn in the homework. <laughs> that's the dude that no one likes. Seriously. Uh, you have to pay Williams, Warner, Debo, Bosa soon, NIU, rookie quarterback contract is must for five years. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. In order to keep the band together, it, it's it's really important. 
Uh, and are we sold on Shanahan can develop a quarterback? We know he can make calls that can make almost any quarterback look like he can play, but most quarterbacks he's had had some kind of regression after the first few years. Yeah, but Matt Ryan's the only good quarterback he's ever had. Right. All his other quarterbacks have been trash. Like, he only had Cousins for, like, four starts or something, and then he's working with stuff like Johnny Manziel. Matt and, RG3. Right. Well, I mean, RG3 was good before the injuries, but, yeah. you know, he's he, he made Matt Schaub a pro bowler, dude. Like, he can work with QBs, but it's just – if he can make QBs good for a couple years, then you just kind of kick – it's like Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. Would Patrick Mahomes be as good as he is without being with Andy Reid? I don't know, but I don't think so. No. Sure. It's a perfect marriage. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you get a young quarterback to learn and really just be be like the foundation of Kyle Shanahan's system. Let them learn off of that. Once you get that quarterback who knows his system, everything is set in place for 10, 15 years. And that's exactly kind of the situation with Patrick Mahomes, where it's like Mahomes knows Andy Reid's system now. That's why he makes everything look so effortless. Now you give Kyle Shanahan that quarterback who will actually like learn, study, and fully understand the system from day one, being as young as he is, then anything is possible in that offense. It doesn't yeah, matter. You see it right now, too, in Tampa Bay. After 20 years in the New England system, right, Tom Brady and, and Bruce Arians are butting heads over the offense because Bruce Arians wants Brady to throw deep, and Brady's like, um, I don't really throw deep, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. yeah. It's not but, like, you know, get, get Shanahan a guy who he likes, and people are going to say, well, he picks C.J. Beathard. Yeah, but he didn't. He wasn't going to pick any of the top quarterbacks. They didn't have time to really scout him. Give him time to scout a quarterback that he really likes, that has the trait that he wants – that has a first round grade or somebody that like everybody's like, okay, this guy's a player and then stick him with Shanahan and we'll see what happens. And I'm willing to bet that that quarterback would be really good. Mm-hmm. We, we actually did a video on this not too long ago, Matt, addressing Kyle Shanahan's record with, with former quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. And uh, you know, whether he's allergic, I think that was the title of our video. Is he allergic to yeah. rookie quarterbacks and his track record isn't great, but a lot of the time he was just an OC. He wasn't the head coach. Yeah. He didn't have the final say. This time he does. And although passing up on a, on a guy like Deshaun Watson or any other of those special quarterbacks in those drafts, that doesn't look good. I think he can redeem himself moving forward if he makes the right choice this offseason and yeah. cuts ties and starts over. And you see it too. It's like he's changing his philosophy because now he's coming around on like the mobile guys. He sees it, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes into what, you know, what Stewart's asking. He's like, why haven't they spent capital on the, on the interior line if he wants statue SQBs? I don't think he does anymore. I think he sees the writing on the wall and it's like, you know what? These mobile guys kill us. And if we can have that extra dimension, plus they can still run my offense, why wouldn't I want that? Yep. You know? Exactly. And even when Matt Ryan was a little younger when he was the off- when he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, like he got Ryan out on a lot of those bootlegs to get him in motion and stuff. We saw today there was one point, I think, I don't think it was the fumble, but I think Mullins kind of like a crap on the play where like he rolled out to the left and chase young and uh pain, I think just chased him down because he was too slow. Yeah. But if you have a guy like a Kyler Murray, they're not catching Kyler Murray. He's going to get to the, this happens all the time. They bootleg him out. And then what happens? They get three yards and stick the ball out. Like they're going for a first down and they go out of bounds. And so you turn a four yard loss into a three yard gain just or, because the guy has a little bit of athleticism. And I think or, that he's coming yeah. around. Or they do the fake slide thing and get slid and tackled, and then that's a 15-yard penalty because it's unnecessary roughness. Oh, let it go. Hey, I'm just, old stuff. It's a strategy, though. It's a strategy these guys do. Yeah, I mean, a little <laughs> bit bad, but unless you're Ryan Fitzpatrick and then you just dive headfirst because you're like, I don't care about my brain. 
Gotta be a man. Francis <laughs> Thatcher's a man. <laughs> okay. He's got, uh, he's got like almost as many kids as Philip Rivers does, so something's working. <laughs> yep. Uh, we, we've been going over an hour. I didn't even realize how long. We're going to start wrapping things up here. Send in whatever questions you guys have here before we wrap it up. Uh, but as far as this game, is it safe to say we should start looking forward to April and less to, you know, next month and, and hopefully playoff spot? Yeah, I think the rest of our schedule outside of Dallas is actually going to be pretty challenging considering uh, what we got. So especially in comparison to, to the other teams that are ahead of us in the, in playoff spots. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that we're going to get there. So that's that's kind of what you have to look forward to. Again, evaluate guys as they are. Um, you know, I, I'm willing to bet that there's going to be a lot of guys that aren't going to be here next year. You know, I think I think Sherman's probably gone. I'm pretty sure that Akella Witherspoon's gone. Trent Taylor's probably gone. You know, all these guys, Coleman and, and Cargo Plane are gone. You know, put him back in the hangar and just mothball him. But yeah, you commission him. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, I think I think I think the writing's on the wall. Like I like I said uh, during the week. You know, when we talked about are they still a playoff team? I said they had to win out because eight and eight wasn't going to do it, and it, and it's not. And I don't think they're going to go eight and eight. I really at, at this point. With the team that we have, I don't. I don't think we can beat Seattle. So, no. and we'd we'd be hard pressed to beat Arizona. Those division games are always really tough. Arizona with Kyler Murray has played us hard every single time that we've played them. So, really, even if we get by Dallas, I, I consider the last two games kind of you know chalk them up as L's right off the bat. So, yep. See, yep. Uh, this comment though, I do want to address it. I will pick his quarterback. He may not even be first round talent. He may want to show everybody he can develop any quarterback. Just I thought Kyle might be having. That's kind of my greatest fear, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you, is that they cheap out on the, the position. Just spend the premium pick and get the damn guy you know for sure. I, I, I'd be devastated if Kyle did that, if we took a quarterback in the fourth round. No, it, yeah. I mean, oh. you could stab me in the heart more, maybe if you took another defensive lineman. No, don't you know even how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. No defensive lineman, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, no more. Jolly Mac when I drafted one of these corners in the first round, it took Mac Jones. Yep, Mac Jones is Alabama quarterback. Mac Jones sucks. I mean, when you have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and all those other wide receiving options, I mean, of course you're gonna look. Devontae Smith is literally the best player in the country outside of Trevor Lawrence, and it's like. Right. Alabama historically has always had really, really good wide receivers, and also and to be fair, like all of the all of the top guys have, like I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence has really good receivers, and right. and so Justin Fields, right? But like, there's something about Alabama that I'm just like, mm, they're a little too good, and I'm just like, I don't know about this, man. Right. And I don't think he has the traits that the other quarterbacks have. Like if I'm if I'm holding Mac Jones up to a Justin Fields, like it's not even close. No, <laughs> no, even Zach Wilson. Right, it's it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. So, would you be mad at a Justin Fields, Matt? No, I wouldn't be mad no. at Justin Fields. You'd be you'd be happy with that if if they took him. What if Zach? I know Zach Wilson's your guy. If Zach Wilson's there and they take Justin Fields, well, no, Trevor Lawrence is my guy. Well, okay, I, I've said it before. I don't even consider him part of this draft class because he's just. If it was me, I'd be like, I'm giving you two first round picks, a third round pick, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Give me the number one pick. I want Trevor Lawrence. I would give him the farm for Trevor Lawrence. Sure. Yeah. 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 I would do that too. No doubt. Yeah. He's, he's the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck, like for free. Easy. Not even close. He's super good. 
Yeah. He, would, he would start day one and you wouldn't even question it. You just like, yep, <sighs> that's what's happening right now. And he's going to go to New York and get ruined. <laughs> I like this one, Jay Ellie. Kyle Trash played a decent team. <laughs> Look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to tell people about Kyle Trask. <laughs> Yeah, when, when you only have like a one season of starts and you're not a mobile guy and you have like a less than stellar arm, you're going to get exposed eventually. And this is what's happening. He's a project guy to me. He's always been a project guy to me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, wrapping things up here, though. Any final thoughts you guys have about either the game today or moving forward? Another disappointing game. Yep. 2020. You're muted. You're muted. Oh, there you go. Nope. Still, still can't nope. hear you. Nope. Can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear okay. me? Yeah. 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 I, I'm just glad they nailed wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk is so much fun to watch, you guys. He does. He always does something when the ball is in his hands. And I know this is a lost season, but when I'm watching the offense, I'm just like, please just feed Brandon Ayuk. I want to see what this guy can do. Well, yeah, and the skill positions are really good. Like even oh, even yeah. Raheem Moster, like I'm good with that. Even even you know defensive line is good. I'm t- listen, y'all better stop saying that we need more defensive line. You know, stop <laughs> it. The defensive line is good. Just <laughs> Nick Bosa got hurt. If you take the best guy out, of course everybody else suffers by comparison. Yeah. But you know, keep Debo Samuel healthy and in condition, and then you have him and Ayuk on the outside. You play Kendrick Bourne as the third or fourth guy, like he should be. Then you have George Kittle, and if you re-sign Jordan Reed, then you got two tight ends that can make a difference. You have running backs that can play. Then just get the quarterback, and you're all set. This team, this offense, could be a Kansas City style offense with the right quarterback. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent of your bet. Uh, Eric Armstead played today. The seventeen millions guy. <laughs> Stop it! Leave Armstead alone. <laughs> I, I will not. He's robbing us. <laughs> yeah, uh, you guys, subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Drop a comment below. Yep. If you guys are already subscribed, you want to enter into our jersey giveaway. Share a video somehow. Any of our videos, just tweet, tag us in it somehow. Bring it to our attention, and you're entered in. Uh, if you are new to our channel, hit that subscribe button. We are trying to get to 2,000 subscribers, so we are giving away a jersey on the 17th, regardless of our subscriber count. And then as soon as we reach 2,000 subscribers, we are giving away another. 49ers jersey. This will be our fifth and sixth 49ers jerseys we've given away since what, like July? I think we started this channel, Matt. So yeah. we give away a lot. We give away a lot. So it could be yours. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe, drop a comment, your username down below in the comments so we know how to contact you if we pick you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Although it was a crappy game, crappy outcome, this was still a blast. We still love coming on live with you guys. So appreciate it, everybody. Take care. Yeah. Go Niners. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for everybody for joining us. Uh, you know, go ahead and hit the bell for notifications so you can, you know, get the notification gang like Hun Fat likes to say. Uh, until next time, guys, go Niners. <laughs>